Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. And as important as that might be for, for sustaining our humanity, it's so much more important for sustaining our church and our walk with God. You're probably going to want to turn these speakers down just a little bit. Amen. So with that being said, we are in a kid's service, right? Right. We got that. We understand that so far. That's why there's ties flying in my general direction. During service. Well, what a wonderful opportunity we have. And we're going to have a little bit of involvement. We're going to get some people involved. Um, We're going to get a message. Now, how many know the Bible tells us that unless you have faith, Jesus told us, like as one of these, the children be difficult, near impossible to enter into the kingdom of God? And that could be for a lot of reasons. That could be because we don't really know or understand. You might want to kill the monitors too. We don't know, we don't understand, or, or we try too hard as adults to just figure it all out ourselves, to put everything in its little box, to put everything in its place, or where we think it should go. Or life has taught us a lot of things, you know, once we get to a certain age, so we don't, we don't need that anymore, you know, we don't need help because we can figure it out on our own. We've got this independence that we've declared. That's where we mess up. That's where we fail. That's where we start thinking, I've lived too much life and seen too many bad things happen to be able to have faith that a miracle could happen in my life. I've I've done too many things wrong at this point in my life to be worthy of of God's grace or to be worthy of God doing anything for me. We've got to get rid of that mindset. We've got to get rid of that mentality and become as one of these who says, if they say, if the Bible says God can do anything, then I'm here to believe that God can do absolutely anything. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to need a helper. Um, I'm actually, just for the sake of everything going on, Gage, why don't you come up here for me, please? All right, give him a hand. Turn around, face the crowd, show him how good you look. Good looking kid, right? Gage, uh, that wasn't very nice. I think he's a good looking kid, mostly because he looks like me, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, but Gage, Gage is a pretty good kid for the most part, right? right? You try to be a good kid at least? All right. He tries to be a good kid. Now, Gage has been coming to church for a long time, right? How old are you now? Ten. How many years have you been coming to church? Ten. Okay, cool. So he's, uh, he's established himself as a church-going boy, right? Right. All right. I'm going to need you a little more right in the center. A little more hands on the side. There we go. Don't be nervous. Don't, oh, on the side. There we go. You've got to see every aspect of Gage. There he goes. Now he's at attention. So Gage grew up in church. Gage knows uh, he's been through Sunday school pretty much all his life, right? Yeah, he's been through Sunday school. So he's heard a lot of Bible stories, heard a lot of messages. Have you ever slept through a message? No. Brother Cox was listening, so that was the right answer. He said no. He said no, he's never slept through a message. And I can attest to that because he doesn't even like to sleep when it's time to sleep. So, um, but when you grow up in church, when you're around this thing, you, you get exposed to a lot of the power and the presence of God. You get exposed to a lot of things and, and all of a sudden you kind of start to just have maybe a little bit of an understanding that, 
that someone who, who hasn't been around church or hasn't had a relationship with God, you start to have a little more of an understanding of what it's like to be like Jesus Christ and to walk with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So one of the things that we've got on our benefit, they're going to put the scripture on the screen, is found in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 13 through 17 to you. And this is a pretty familiar portion of scripture. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and the, uh, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of the peace. Above all, above all, which means it's the most important one, take yourself a shield of faith there. Taking the shield of faith wherewith, wherewith speaking is going to be important if I'm going to continue to do this, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I don't know about ladies, I've never been one before, but men, we've got this innate thing within us that if you have a sword, like you can't just like normally hold a sword. We are all master fencers spectacular swordsman when we have a sword in our hand. We cut loose with a few little swishy swashies, maybe a, a pass this way, pass that way. We think we're good. We think we're great. Now, the Bible tells us that we put on the armor of God, and we've got the shield of faith, which is important, and we've got the sword of the spirit. And the part that they left out, I feel like, is you've got the ninja abilities of the Holy Ghost. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be in there. That's part of it. No, I'm just kidding. It's not actually part of it. But if I were to rewrite a translation, you probably wouldn't want to read it. Um, but I think that that would be an important part to add. The Lord knows what he's doing. So he didn't add in the, uh, the ninja part, but I like to pretend. So let's just say I'm a ninja and uh, we'll move forward. All right. So he said that we were given that sword of the spirit to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, I don't have any fiery darts, but I do have the next best thing. So, Gage, you trust me, right? At least a little bit? All right, scoot that way. I want you to quench this fiery dart that I'm going to shoot in your general direction, okay? You just stand up. Just stand up. So this is a fiery dart. Hey! I don't know... I don't know if you guys are going to be more impressed at the fact that he blocked it or how great of a shot that was. Uh, I'm going to say how great of a shot that was. So he's able to quench fiery darts of the enemy. Hey, you got another one. All right, good job. You still have that fiery dart? I need a fiery dart. All right, perfect. So that's good. Come on back up here. Come on back up here, right in the middle, right in the middle. All right, let me see your sword. Let me see your sword. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to that. Hang on to that shield for just a minute. So we've got the shield of faith. Faith is who we are. Faith is what we believe. Faith is knowing some things, right? Anybody have faith? Anybody believe something? Now, pardon me while I prepare my props in the middle of my speaking. So we can have faith, and some people might say that, you know, we struggle with faith. You know, faith is too hard. I don't have any faith. Let me ask you a question. How many people came into this room, and before you sat down, did you check the legs on the chair? Yeah. Did anybody check the legs on their chair 
to make sure that when you sat down, it wasn't going to collapse out from underneath you. No? Anybody ever? Never mind. Uh, so we have faith in a lot of very little things. You have faith in that chair. Now, for some of us, it takes more faith in the chair than others of us um, because of a little demon called gravity, but uh, we got a lot of faith in some, some really silly things. How many of you drove a vehicle today? Raise your hand if you drove a vehicle today. All right. So adults, I'm going to incorporate you in this kid's message so that you can feel included, right? We drove a vehicle. Did you at any point have to hit your brakes on the way here? Yes. Now, let me ask you this. Before you got in the car and started the engine and began to drive, did you do a full brake inspection on your vehicle? No. I, I didn't. Probably should have. You know, I'm just kidding. But... We don't, we don't do that. We just get in and we trust and we expect that it's going to do what it's there to do. Now, the Bible tells us that God is there as our help, as our strength, as our salvation, as our redeemer, as our forgiver, as our savior, as power, as mighty, as he can do anything. God's able to do all things. He tells us that we, with him, we don't have to fear. We don't have any of these things. But where does that all come from? It comes from a faith. The most important part of the armor is that shield of faith because our faith is the most important part of being who we are. No, I don't know. I can't see faith. I can't touch faith. I can't show faith. You can. And we do it a lot of times in a lot of different ways. We show faith when we say things like, in Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, we can have our sins forgiven. When we baptize in Jesus' name, we trust that there's going to be a taking away, a washing away, a remission of those sins, right? right? Our faith is who we are. If we don't have our faith, nothing else matters. Because if I don't believe in God and believe who he is, then I'm not going to make any progress. I'm not going to make any steps. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to trust. I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to make any advancement in my life towards a walk with God if I don't believe, if I don't trust, if I don't believe in God. How many of you believe in God today? Let's see your hands. Let's see hands way up in the sky. We got a problem on the third row. Almost none of them believe in God. This might take a little longer than I thought it would. All right, one more time. If you believe in God, would you raise your hands? All right, that's good. We're getting close to the same page. Now, if we believe in God, let me borrow your shield of faith here for just a minute. And we say, you know what? My faith isn't really that important. It makes a cool noise when you throw it, too. Hold on to that for me. How much is this? How much does it weigh? Three pounds. Three pounds. You're a pretty strong kid, right? You can handle that, can't you? All right, give me a couple of curls. Put it in your, put it in your hand. One hand right here. Turn it, give me a couple of curls. Watch that flex, guys. Hey, 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 all right. So Gage, you think you could probably do that for a while, right? It's not very heavy. It's just little. Like when we stop believing and we stop trusting and we stop understanding and, and having faith in the word of God, we stop believing that when he says things like there's a weight of sin, that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we're like, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. This isn't a big deal. It's a little sin. Maybe you think it's, it's just a, a little lie. It's just a tiny sin. It's no big deal. It's not heavy. I can carry this to church with me. I can carry this to work with. Do you think you can walk and do that at the same time? Yes. 
Do a couple laps, right, right? Front and center, just back and forth. He can walk about. He can go about his day. No big deal. Is it getting heavy yet? No, it's not getting heavy. He's just fine. We can carry these little sins, and we can think everything's going along just great. Just wonderful, right? I'm not a bad person. It's just a little sin. It's pretty light. It doesn't inconvenience me all that much. If I need to do something, I just, you know, tuck that little sin up under my arm, and I can still use both my hands. It's just a little tiny thing. All right, right here. Still doing all right? All right, perfect. Put this down. You're going to need a break. But what we don't understand is when we look at the Bible, and it tells us that there's a weight of sin, a weight of sin. So let me see your hands here real quick. So sin can be a little bit of a weight. And you say, oh, well, I'm not like a murderer. I haven't done anything that bad. All right, that's okay, right? You're not going to lose a hand in this process? All right, cool. So it's just a little sin. Shh, put your hands out here. Cooperate. I'm just arresting you. Come on. All right. So just a little sin. It's got us a little bit bound. Now, this isn't the end of the world, right? You could probably, can you walk like this? Come on, walk with me. All right. So I can drag him around. I can still lead him. You say, oh, I'm, I'm, we'll have to use our imaginations for this part. Pretend I'm the Lord, all right? Oh I can still follow the Lord. I can still let the Lord lead me, right? It's just a little bit of bondage. It's just a little bit of bondage, okay? But that, that same little sin, after a little while, we don't trust it anymore, or we don't think it's a big deal anymore, and so we stop worrying about it. All right, I need you to hold your arms straight out in front of you, okay? All right. So that's that same three pounds. Keep them there, okay? Don't drop your hands no matter what you do. So Gage, let me ask you, uh, that shield of faith that we had, now some things come up and all of a sudden I got to grab a hold of my faith. Now hold this, okay? Now do you think you're going to be as effective with that as you were before? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, let's see. All right, but faith, we don't need faith right now. Let go of faith. We don't need it. Throw it away. And we're still confident. You think you can still walk around? Yeah. All right, do a couple more laps. So you can still walk around, even though he's carrying this little weight. And we hear things like our Sunday school teachers say, um, and the book of Romans tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Or we hear uh, later in the book where it says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we hear these things about what sin can cost us and about what it can do to us and about how it can bog us down. But we think that it's not that big of a deal because we've got just, just a little sin. It's just a little one. It's not a big, is that getting heavy yet? You're leaning back a little bit. Stand about straight like you were before. There we go. All right. And so he continues on his life and he's just, he's got his own little, little sin and it's not that big of a deal because he can still walk around. He can do the, the things that he needs to do. So that's our sin. We've got sin here. Sin is very uh, nondescript, but it's sin, right? But what else do we have? We've got some other things that, that can kind of happen. Oh, that's a big one. Bullies. Bullies. Anybody ever heard of a bully? Anybody ever met a bully? Anybody ever been bullied? Anybody ever been the bully? Better say no. We don't need to be bullies. All right. I don't think he thought that I saw him, but I did see Brother Travis raise his hand, so I'm going to ask him to come on up here. All right. So, Brother Travis is a self-proclaimed bully. That's not very nice. All right. 
Now, Brother Travis has been, uh, he's been picking on Gage quite a bit. That's my son, be careful. Um, he's been picking on Gage quite a bit. And so he's kind of got this little bit of a, little bit of a hold that he's developed around Gage. There we go. All right. That's all right. You thought you could do it without putting your hands down, didn't you? All right. So you hang on to that. So his bullies got him a little tied up. Now, when we come to church, we like to what? We like to lift our hands. We like to feel free. We like to praise the Lord. Can you lift your hands and praise the Lord for me, Gage? Show them how it's done. Okay. That's a little less easy than it was before, wasn't it? So bully comes in a lot of forms. Bully comes in a lot of, of ways and a lot of fashions. It has a lot of different faces. Maybe, especially in this day and age, it might happen over a computer or, or a mobile phone or a text message or a social media post, or it might actually happen still in real life. It might happen at school. Hope it doesn't, but it might even happen at Sunday school. We might deal with people that, that either think that they're bigger or they want to be bigger or they want to be tougher, or for whatever reason, it makes them feel a little bit better to make you feel bad. Kind of sounds a little bit like the devil. So, if that's exactly what the devil does, then when we bully someone else, we kind of fill his shoes a little bit. So let that be a lesson to us about not becoming the bully. We don't want to be like the devil, right? This is a children's service, but that still makes sense. That's still true. We don't want to be like the devil. Hold him. Don't let him move. Now... Us adults, we know that when we get older, when we grow up, we don't ever have to deal with problems like this anymore, right? Nobody's ever mean to us at work because we're adults, right? Adults, have you ever raised your hand? Have you ever felt like you got bullied a little bit, maybe at work or out in the parking lot or on the road with someone with road rage? You ever feel that? All right, kids, adults are raising their hands right now, so still deal with this a little bit. Now, if you're raising your hands, this means that this applies to you, so don't fall asleep yet. But then we've got another thing that sometimes comes in our life and tries to get at us. What's that one? Fear. Fear. Now, fear, fear can be very small, but it can feel very big. Now, we need a face of fear. And when I think of a face of fear, I don't think of anyone else but Brother George. So can you come up here, Brother George? Now this is a guy that can put the fear in you until you get to know him. It's like a big teddy bear. We love Brother George. But if you didn't know Brother George, you might be a little bit scared of him, right? Now, kids, shout something out. What, what's some things that we get afraid of from time to time? Lucy? Having bats in your house. I can't imagine what that would be like. That's life experience talking right there, guys. <laughs> Elijah. Spiders, okay? Any adults afraid of spiders? Okay. I wouldn't say afraid, but I really don't like them. Camel spiders. Camel spiders. Those are the ones that are the size of a camel. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about camel spiders, but they don't sound good. All right. Uh, what's something that we can be afraid of? Huh? Dogs, yes. Uh, I think they got a name for that. Did you say death? Yeah, we can be a, a little bit scared or afraid of death. Now, Gage, step into this for me. Step into fear. 
All right. Now, step into fear. Why did I say step into fear? Because God gave us a choice about fear. He said, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So if we grew up in the church or if we've been around the church or if we have any sort of relationship with God or if we have that, that faith that we said we have, you doing all right? You look a little different than we started. <laughs> if we have faith and we say, you know, yeah, I, I believe, I trust, but we still allow fear to get a hold of our lives, it can be a little bit of a problem. Now, Gage, gentlemen, you know what you should do here. Gage? I want you to carry on with your day and just walk like you were before, back and forth. Go ahead. Walk. Carry on with your day. All right, so he's making just a little bit of progress. All right, stop. Okay. It's a little bit harder, but you know what? He's, he's still going through it. You ever feel like there's a lot of stuff going on in the day, but you're just doing what you know to do? You just you keep walking. You keep trying. You keep fighting adults, you keep struggling, you keep going to work because you got to pay the bills. You don't have the choice. You don't have the opportunity to say, you know what, forget it. Today's not my day. I'm just going to sit down and cry. We might want to, but we don't get that opportunity because why? Because there's people depending on us. And so we just have to keep powering through. Now, kids, you might feel the pressure to keep, uh, keep up your grades, even though every time you go to school, you deal with a bully. Even though every time you walk into Sunday school, there's that one kid that you don't get along with, and it might be difficult or it might be hard, but you just know that you're supposed to go, so you keep going. But then there's a little bit of fear that's got a hold of you. And so now it's getting to be a little bit more difficult, and we're still holding all the while, holding on to this little weight called sin. And what started out as a little weight, Gage, how are you feeling up there? You doing all right? Talk louder, I can't hear you. Your hands hurt, okay. But that was just a little sin, right? It was only a little sin. You were fine for a long time, weren't you? All right. Come back, center him up. Let him, let him be the center of attention here. This is his moment to be the center of attention. All right. Now we've got another one. What's this one say? Bad friends. Bad friends. Bad friends. What's a bad friend? What's a bad friend? Barisa, what's a bad friend? You you want to be a bad friend? Barisa just wants to be a bad friend. <laughs> He's got a good heart, but a bad friend. All right, let me get him here. Now, bad friends look like a lot of things. If this gets too heavy, just put it back in your hands. Okay, here, hold it. You still got to hold it. You don't get to drop it. All right. Now, bad friends look like a lot of different things. Sometimes bad friends are the ones that pretend to be friends, but they actually are the ones that are the bullies. Sometimes bad friends are the ones that talk us into things that we really aren't comfortable with or really don't think that we should do, and that might cause us a little bit of fear. Sometimes bad friends are the ones that, that tell the jokes that we really shouldn't be listening to. Sometimes bad friends are the ones that, that have the, the phone out, the mobile device, and they're showing us some games or, or some jokes or even maybe some pictures or videos that we shouldn't be seeing. And you know, it might not feel like a big deal at the time, but when we're never able to let go of that, that bad friend all of a sudden has a little bit of a hold on us. Barisa, I need you over here, bud. And that bad friend is just one more little rope, one more little thing that's just going to, oh, let's do this up here. We want this right up here. This is a good spot for it. 
because we, yeah, this is great. This is great. I didn't even plan this, but we hold our friends close to our heart, right? But that means we give them access to our heart. So if we got a bad friend, here, slide this way just a little bit so everybody can still see you. There you go. All right. So we're like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's good to be friends. The Bible says if a man has friends, he must show himself friendly. It's good to be a friend. A friend sticks closer than a brother. Uh, you know, we've got all these scriptures and all these ideas about a friendship and about how good of a thing it is. So we think, oh, no, I have got, I've got these friends. That's great. That's awesome. It's good to have friends, right? How many like to have friends? Yeah? We like to have friends. It's good to have friends. It's more fun when you've got friends. But sometimes we get a little bit lost in the friendship. We get a little bit lost in the closeness, in the relationship. We get a little bit lost in the fact that, oh, it's my friend, and all of a sudden our judgment, our thinking. You remember we were supposed to have a helmet of salvation that protects our head, that protects our mind. All of a sudden I start letting that helmet go a little bit because, well, they're a friend. Well, if they're doing it, it's probably okay for me to do it. Well, if they're doing it and they haven't gotten in trouble, maybe I can do it and not get in trouble. If they're stealing from the gas station and they never got caught, maybe I can steal from the gas station and not get caught. Bad friends can look like a lot of things. And adults, we don't know anything about this, right? There's never once been a time where we've had an, another adult try and, try and lead us wrong. We've never had another adult try and expose us to something we shouldn't be exposed to. Teenagers, you don't deal with this at all, right? Everybody that you know, everybody you interact with, they're all perfect Positive influences, yes? No. Bad friends might offer you into a situation you shouldn't be in. Bad friends might convince you that stealing or lying is okay. Bad friends might try and get you to try a drug. Bad friends might try and get you to try some way to alter your mind or, or to change your reality. You know, maybe you were opening up to them and telling them about how hard life is now that you've got these bullies and you're afraid and you're carrying around this thing. You don't really want to call it sin, but you still know it's there and it's still weighing you down. And yeah, I still go to church and I still try. You think you can still walk? Walk that way. Hold on tight, Barisa. Don't let him go. Pull him back. Pull him back. So he's trying to do what he knows to do. He's facing the right direction. He's still showing up at church, but he's not really making any progress. And at this point, get, oh, he broke free. It's too early. Don't break free yet. Tie him back up. That's what bullies are good for. So we might think that we're still headed the right direction, and we might think that we're still doing okay, but we really inside, we're starting to really understand and know that, that this isn't going so well. And then there's this little thing called anxiety or stress or mental health, if you want to put that label on, whatever you want to call it. But we start to, start to worry. I've got all these things holding on to me, and I'm trying to do what I know to do. I'm trying to still go to church, but I'm not getting a breakthrough. I'm not getting free. I'm not making any progress. I don't know where else to turn. Yeah, I believe in God, but I still got this thing that's, that's a weight and it's holding on to me, and it's pulling me back. And every time I try to go to church, and I try to pray, and I hear the songs, and I try to lift my hands, but I'm so bound up, and I got all this stuff that I'm holding on to, and I don't know what to do. I don't know where, where to go. I don't know where to even start praying. And instead of knowing the benefits and the love of God, I start to feel stressed out about it or anxious because I don't know when I go up there to pray, what am I even going to say? God knows my sins. He knows when I messed up. He knows when I made a mistake. He knows all these things going. And then we allow the voices that are in our head to tell us things like, there's no help. 
There's no hope. I'm too bad. I've done too much wrong. Sure, Jesus can help other people, but, but not me because, you know, I did, I did worse stuff. I've got all, this, all these things, and maybe, maybe God can heal my sin, and maybe he can forgive me of my sin. I'll hold that weight for you for just a little bit. And I feel like everything's great and everything's okay because I repented of my sins. I've got it. Don't worry about it. I've got it. And I repented of my sins, and so I let Jesus hold on to it for a little bit. But then I walk back out the door, and I pick it up again. And I've got that same weight. I've got that same thing. But then I come back to church, and I repent, and I lay it at an altar. I don't deal with any of this other stuff, but at least I feel a little bit of a relief right here because, well, well, Jesus has it. But I don't actually turn away from it. I don't actually give it to God. And then every time we get that little bit more weight added back to us, and we can start to feel anxious. We can start to feel stressed out. I need, I need an anxiety. You want to be anxiety for me? All right, come here. Faith, you are faith the anxiety. All right. Now that anxiety can kind of grip us. First, no, I'm not just kidding. <laughs> that anxiety can start to kind of grip us and make us feel like, yeah. I don't really know how I'm going to keep going on. I know I should keep going on, but it's getting harder. It's getting trickier. I don't know what the next step is. That's only a kid problem, right? Adults, we don't, we don't worry about that anymore. We grew out of that. We never have to stress or worry about bills getting paid or about what the next day is going to hold. That's just a kid problem, right? No, that's wrong. That's wrong. So we're feeling that same weight. Now this one's even getting better and stronger and tighter. And it's making us have a little bit more of a difficult time. You still doing all right? Now, did you change who you were at all? You're still the same gauge that was up here before, right? And you still come to church and you've been coming to church for 10 years. Have you been baptized? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? You have? That's awesome. Do you know what repentance of sin is? Yeah, absolutely. Are you able to do that yourself? Yes. Fantastic. So this is the same Gage that was just walking around freely, going about his life. He didn't change who he was. He didn't change his experience with God, except for now, he's just got a little bit harder time and a little more stuff that he's got to bring every time he comes into the church. Back up just a little bit. Get that rope nice and tight, Faith. Hold on tight. So... We're going about, and we've got these things, and we've got these struggles, and we've got these problems. And then, that's all stuff that's, that's out in the world and that we have to face. But we get to go home, and there's a place of safety, and there's a place of, of rest at home. We get to go home, and our head can hit a pillow, and everything goes away, right? Until this one comes. Problems at home. Problems at home. You want to be a problem at home? All right. <laughs> Something tells me, something tells me. That's what I actually am. All right. So Lucas is our problem at home. And our problems at home, those are behind closed doors. You stand right over there for me for you right now. Those are behind closed doors, and, and people can't really see them, you know. So, so that if, if nobody else sees it, it doesn't exist, right? No, that's not true. Just because nobody else sees it doesn't mean it's not real. It doesn't mean that it's not hurtful. It doesn't mean that we can just keep going and, and it doesn't affect us at all. But it's way, way, way down low and it's buried deep 
So we can carry on with our day, and not a lot of people see it. Not a lot of people know about it. And so we think that, oh, it's just fine. And when we should be going home and being able to find a place of safety, put your feet together, and strength and rest and peace. Back up just a little bit. Hold this tight for me. Hold this tight. Face that way. Now, move this way just a little bit. All right. Now, Gage, can you continue walking like you were before? I'd say at this point, it's not even worth trying. At this point, at this point, it's not even worth trying. So once I've been carrying this sin for a while and my hands are getting tired, and once I've been dealing with bullies and anxiety, and once I've got these bad friends and this fear, and now I've got problems at home, I don't even want to try anymore. What's the point of coming to church? What's the point of going to an altar? What's the point of even praying? Because if I've got to this point, then maybe God doesn't love me, or maybe God doesn't care about me, or he doesn't see me. God never loses sight of his children. The Bible tells us that if he sees when one sparrow falls from the sky, how much more does your heavenly father see you? So even when you feel like this, even when you look like this, even when you're holding all of this and you feel a little bit of relief and then it's gone, and then a little, and then it's gone. And then you've got the same problem day after day after day. And you got the bullies and you got the fear and you, then you don't even have safety at home. All you've got is pain and hurt and all you've got is brokenness. And, and maybe, maybe mom and dad aren't getting along or maybe there isn't mom or there isn't dad or maybe the, our siblings don't like us or maybe we just feel too much pressure or maybe we just feel like because all this other stuff has got our attention and it's bogging us down and bothering us, I can't even feel rest at home because I'm still tied up. I'm still bound up and I'm still carrying all of these things. This isn't a positive picture here, is it? This doesn't look like a lot of safety here, does it? This doesn't look like how we want to be. But sometimes this is exactly where we end up. This is exactly where we end up. And then school, it's not fun. We don't even really want to hang out with friends anymore because I don't know how to have fun because I'm all tied up. I'm bogged down. I'm stressed out. I don't even want to go to church. I don't even want to go to youth group. I don't want to come to Sunday school. I don't want to go to Sons of Thunder. Glory Girls, just no. It's just, and when I go to church, I'm going to feel more guilty, and I'm going to feel bad, and I'm not going to feel like worshiping God, and they're going to want me to worship God, and then they're going to see that I'm not worshiping God, and then they're going to know there's a problem, and then they're going to come pray for me, and once they start praying for me, everybody else is going to come pray for me, and then I'm just going to be reminded of how bad I actually am because they're all praying, and I can't break through, and I should be able to get freedom because the Bible tells me that, but I'm too tied up. I'm too bound up. I've got too much going on. I can't get free in my mind. I can't get free in my hands. I can't get free in my feet. I can't jump. I can't worship. Hey, can you do the power shuffle? No, he can't power. He can't even power shuffle. If you can't power shuffle in church, what are you going to do with yourself? Right? But so we're stuck here. We don't have any hope. Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews chapter 12 says something important. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that we're foreseeing, we're also compassed about or surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run this race with patience that is set before us. Now leave that on the screen for just a minute for me. Now this is only one scripture, but this could help us out a lot. 
What does it mean when it says we're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses? That means there's a lot of other people around us. So when I come into church, there's a lot of other people around that are witnesses. What is a witness? A witness is somebody who has seen something or experienced something. And if they're a witness, then they clearly live to tell the story. So a witness sees some stuff, felt some stuff, experienced some stuff, dealt with some stuff, but they're still there. They're around us. They're at church when we walk in the door. There's a cloud of witnesses of people who didn't live a perfect life, of people who didn't grow up in church and spend all, t- all 10 of their years, or six, or seven, or 25, or 44, or 60. There's not an age limit on this. It doesn't matter where you came into the church. It doesn't matter when you came into the church. It doesn't matter when your relationship with God started, whether you've been a lifer or whether you've been a weaker. <laughs> you can still end up looking like this if we don't have our focus and our mindset and our heart in the right place. But we're compassed about with this great cloud of witnesses who are able to set apart the weight of the weights, not of sin, the weight and the sin, which does so easily beset us. So maybe, maybe mom and dad aren't really our problems at home, but we don't really want to tell them about it because, you know, mom and dad are already stressed out and they're whatever's got going on in their life and they've, they've got stuff to worry about on their own. But I don't really want to tell mom. I don't really want to tell dad. I don't, I don't really want to, you know, make it a bigger deal. So I'll just deal with it myself. But we can't really do much because we're all tied up and we're all bogged up. But you know what we can do? We can ask for prayer because we've got what? Witnesses. They've seen some stuff. They've lived through some stuff. They've experienced some stuff. Miranda, will you come up here? So Gage can say, you know what, Mom? I'm just, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? And Mom can take these problems at home, and she can help him get free from some of those problems at home. Would you, would you just pray and help him get free from those problems at home? Untie that rope, because that's what Jesus can do for us. So Mom's calling out the name of Jesus over his life. Mom's praying for him. Mom's asking, Jesus, would you help us? And now get rid of those problems at home. Shove them out of the way. Just, all right. You can go sit down. So problems at home, all of a sudden, we've got a little bit more freedom. We've got a little bit more liberty. Who do we got here? Oh, that bully. That bully at school. I don't want to tell mom and dad about the bully because, you know, I already had to pray for him about home. And now if I tell him that school's bad, then I don't really know which way to go. And I don't know which way to turn. Do you know that Acts chapter 1 verse 8 tells us that you receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you? So when we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we've got power. And those witnesses that we talked about, they're all around this place. And they're full of the Holy Ghost and they have that power. So maybe this is something that we could take to to our Sunday school teacher. Sister Lear, you're our Sunday school teacher. You've been at this for a while now, right? Yes. You've ever prayed for a kid? Yes. I bet she does, and I bet every she does day. every day. That one. That one. <laughs> so so you, can, you can find the root cause. He came to talk to you about that bully. Now, can you help him out with that bully just a little bit? She's praying the name of Jesus over this boy. He's got a witness around him. He's got somebody that's dealt with some stuff and that's lived through a little bit. And now... 
Just by speaking the name of Jesus and just by having somebody else's help, she's gotten rid of that bully. Push that bully out of the way, would you? We don't want that bully. All right, you can sit down. Thank you. Now we're doing pretty good, right? We're not as bad as we were. We're not as far away from God as we were. We're doing all right. You got a little bit more freedom. You can at least move your feet. Can you wiggle your toes even? You can wiggle his toes a little bit. All right, so he's doing pretty good there. And then we're like, this anxiety, this stress, this stuff that's been just eating me up is burning me alive. I don't know what to do with it. Well, you know what? Hebrews told us we're compassed about with witnesses. We've got some people that have dealt with some things like this. We've got some testimonies in the congregation of people who have gone through anxiety, people who have gone through mental health, people who need some help and know that there's nothing wrong with asking for help. We've got some people that are willing to share a testimony, which also tells me they're probably willing to pray for you and believe with more faith than maybe somebody else because they've been delivered and they've been healed. So I find somebody who's been vocal about testifying about their anxiety. Sister Gabrielle, would you pray for, my, for, for this boy here? Would you pray for him? He's just got some anxiety. He's got some stuff that's going on. So, so I think that when you're praying over him and you're speaking the name of Jesus, you could maybe help him lose some of those ropes. You could help him get out of that. Give her a hand. Yep, she's good. So anxiety's now gone. We still got a couple, but we're doing a lot better than we were. And you say, oh, it's not that easy, TJ. You're making it look, they're just untying a rope. They're not actually dealing with problems. You're wrong. They're not just untying a rope. They're speaking the name of Jesus. Amen. And the Bible tells me that the name of Jesus has all power in heaven and earth. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. That's the Jesus that we're talking about. That's the Jesus that says, I come as a comfort. That's the Jesus that says, take my yoke upon you for my burden is easy. That's the Jesus that says, I want to deal with some of these problems and some of these issues. And so we got some bad friends that we're dealing with at school. What do we do to get rid of bad friends? We should, yeah, we can go to Jesus, or we can surround ourselves with some better friends. It's good to have a friend. Elijah, come up here and be a friend. Garrett, be a friend. Olivia, why don't you be a friend? Come up here. Come on up here. Hurry, friends. Your friend needs you. Now, do you guys know, let me ask you a question here before we ruin this whole thing. Do you guys know how to say the name of Jesus? Yeah. Okay, it's a secret. Do you know how to say the name of Jesus? Do you know how to pray? Is there like a secret to it? No. No, no secret? No. Okay. So we just, we just say the name of Jesus, and we just believe that if he said he can help us, he's going to help us? All right, let's do that. Here's what we're going to do. Shh, give me a minute. Don't let them know the plan. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over to Gage, and we're going to lay our hands on him, and we're going to say the name of Jesus, and we're going to say, God, help him where he needs help. These bad friends, help him to be able to get rid of them, and help me to be a good friend to him. You got it? All right. All right. Sorry for the interruption, guys. You didn't know our little secret plan. Now, our master plan is here. Now, this is going to be really hard. It's really difficult and really challenging so guys, you ready to execute the plan? All right. Right now, right now. Lay your hands on him. Say Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They're praying for him. 
Help me to be a good friend to him. Help me to be a good friend to him. Help his bad friends to get, get rid of his bad friends. Help his bad friends to get rid of his bad friends. Yeah, you know, whatever, you got it. <laughs> whatever he's dealing with, God, just help him. Help him. Help him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. No, 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 no. No, don't clap. That was too easy. Those are just kids. They can't actually pray and anything happen. That's not new. I don't know. The Bible did tell me unless you have faith like one of these. It also tells me that the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So even if you're friends, you go to them and ask for prayer. If they believe it, if they pray... They speak the name of Jesus. It's just that easy. Magic plan, right? You're making this too easy, TJ. Started out believable and relatable, but now it's just too easy because all you're doing is untying a little rope. But now we got the big dog. Now we got the big dog. Even I feel small right now. Because fear can just be an overshadowing menace. Give me a good menace face. Stop smiling and give me a menace face. There we go. There's a menace face. All right. You guys scared now? That's funny. Fear is supposed to be fear, but fear is just laughing because we've got a pastor. We've got a pastor that's up here and he preaches the name of Jesus. He speaks the name of Jesus, and he reads to us from the scriptures, and he tells us things like, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you speak the name of Jesus over me? Would you help me with this fear that I'm dealing with? And all of a sudden, fear is supposed to be big, and it's supposed to be ugly, but fear can't help but laugh because he doesn't have a choice. Fear's been defeated. Fear's been destroyed. Fear's been cast out in Jesus' name. Now, I don't care how big that fear was, and I don't care what that fear was, but by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, just as easy as that rope's untied, Jesus can set us free from those fears and those bondages and those burdens. We've still got one issue to deal with, sin. Now, this one, we can't, we can't ask somebody else's help for this. We've got a lot of people that pray. We've got a lot of people that speak the name of Jesus. We've got a lot of people that know how to pray and know the name of Jesus. But one thing that they can't do for you is repent of your sins. Nobody can do that but you. Now, do you know the algebraic formula for repenting of your sins and being forgiven? It's very difficult. It's very challenging. There's a lot of steps. There's X's, there's Q's, there's invisible numbers, there's things that we don't understand. What? Please forgive me. I can't forgive you. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to God. Who? I'm talking to God. Okay, well talk to him then. Dear Jesus, please forgive me. Dear Jesus, please forgive me. So, when I say, dear Jesus, please forgive me, and I remember about, oh, I don't know, Scriptures that tell me that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And all of a sudden, now that I'm free from everything else, it's pretty easy to hold that shield again, isn't it? It's pretty easy to hold that shield. Now, I didn't shoot you when you were tied up. I thought about it. But I thought that would have been mean. But he's gotten a little bit of deliverance. So now attacks are coming his way. Now things are happening. Now, all of a sudden, all these fiery darts. All of a sudden, the devil's out of ammo. He doesn't have anything else he can throw at me. He doesn't have anything else he can hold over my head. He doesn't have anything else he can bind me up with. He doesn't have any more fiery darts that he can hit my heart with. He can't attack my mind. He can't get my soul. He can't get my spirit. He can't take away my worship. Can you raise your hands to Jesus now? Can you lift up your hands? Can you have victory? And now he can because there's no more ammunition in the devil's gun. There's nothing else he can do to me. Why? Because we've spoken the name of Jesus. There's power in Jesus' name. There's deliverance in Jesus' name. There's freedom in Jesus' name. Go sit down, bud. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't we all stand if we would? So, you know, I I really wish... I really wish it was as easy as, as Brother TJ just pretended it was. I really wish it was that easy to just have deliverance. I wish it was that easy to get over my fear. I wish it was that easy to not let sin burden me or hold me down. I wish it was that easy to just, you know, have freedom and have liberty. And I wish I was the type of person that didn't have any issues and didn't have any problems. And I could just come in this place and when the songs start playing, I can raise my hands so I can worship God because I don't have any problems. Nobody in here has any problems, especially not in the back because those are all adults. Adults don't have problems. Kids are the only ones with problems. Kids are the only one with challenges. Kids are the only one with difficulties. You know, they got to do like school and stuff. And that can be challenging and that can be hard. And they can have to deal with bullies and they can have to deal with bad friends or anxieties or stresses. Everybody in here knows and can tell that's not the truth. Everybody in here is subject at one point or another to being weighted down by sin. Now that, that little, little tiny sin, that little tiny sin wasn't a big deal at the beginning, but we never let it go, and it got heavier and heavier and heavier, and it became something that just weighed me down again and again and again. But Jesus wasn't kidding when he said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive. And not only to forgive, forgiving is one thing. But then he gives us an opportunity that we can be baptized in Jesus' name. He says we're buried with him in baptism. And Acts 2.38 tells us that when we're baptized in Jesus' name, it's for the remission of our sins. That's not forgiveness. That's washing away. That's washing away. That's taking away the sin to where it never even existed in the first place. Remission, washing away, getting rid of it. So now I've got an altar that's got a lot of remnants of who I used to be. It's got a lot of things that 
I used to be tied up by. We've got an altar up here that's got a lot of sin right around this altar. But you know what's different about it now? It's covered with the name of Jesus. It's covered in the blood of Jesus. And so I don't have to pick up this sin and take it back out the door with me. That's my choice. That's your choice. If we've ever done anything wrong at all, anything wrong at all, the Bible tells us that that's sin. Now, you're not the worst person in the world just because you've sinned, because you know what? Everybody has. Everybody has. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what that means? Even on your best day, we don't deserve Jesus, but he loves us anyway. He sees us anyway, and he helps us anyway. So when we repent of our sins and we speak the name of Jesus, he can forgive us of those sins and we can just be rid of them. But that's not where the story ends. God's got so much more for us. God offers us a gift, a gift. We know a gift isn't something we have to beg for, right? A gift is something that's just given. And a gift is something that's given freely without condition. But God says that if we've got a clean heart, which he offered to give us, he can fill us as a comfort with the Spirit. His Spirit comes inside of us. He can fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that, that can happen today. That can happen in this place. That can happen right up here. I'm going to have everybody that will, if you just come right to the front of the building here. There's a few things on the floor. Don't let them distract you. Don't let them, don't let them change your mind about what we're coming here for. We're coming up here to talk to Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.